Hi, I'm Ben. And I'm Zachary. And I'm Madeline. And welcome to the Movie Vault. Yay. Woo. Today we are reviewing the 2017 movie directed by Taika Waititi, Thor Ragnarok. Very good. It's a movie about a guy that loses everything in this movie and he also is very different in every movie and it's just it's a movie about this guy all right a great description very well done thank you and uh this movie uh grossed 854 million dollars on an 180 million dollar budget with a rotten tomato score of 93 percent wowza so with that is this a botch watch or top notch i think it's a top notch in my opinion Okay, okay, I agree with her. I disagree. What do you say? It's a watch? Oh it's a watch. Okay. It's a watch. Okay. Why would this be a top-notch, though? Because when you, th- when you think of Thor, I think it's a top-notch because you got to watch a Thor movie, and if you're going to watch any Thor movie, it's this Thor movie. There are only two Marvel movies, maybe three, but one of them doesn't really count, that are top-notches. Spoilers, what if we do other Marvel movies? Okay, True. I won't reveal what they are, but I have in mind which ones are top. I'm, I think you're thinking Winter Soldier and Endgame. Or Infinity War. You are right about about two of those. Yeah, not Endgame. Not it. Well, I don't know. We can talk about that one later in the future. I okay. feel like as a solo, like, just one of the ones that are off the, like, all Avengers track, I feel like this is a pretty top-notch compared to the other ones. Oh, I think this is a good movie. I just don't think you have to watch this. I think, oh, no. I think go- the government should mandate it. <laughs> the government should mandate that you yes. have to watch this movie. Yes. Starting next week, there's going to be a curfew. You have to watch Thor Ragnarok. You have by to watch 10. Thor Ragnarok by ten o'clock every night. <laughs> yes. This podcast. Never mind. Political <laughs> jokes aside. <laughs> so let's talk about the plot of this movie. There's a lot going on here. Yeah. Y- yes. There. Madeline, would you like to do the honors, or would you I'm rather gonna try? Fill in the holes. If okay. I'm... Fill in so those holes. So it first starts out. How does it start out? Thor is trapped in Serta's lair, correct? Correct. Yeah, correct. approval. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. Then he breaks out, and then, and then he um, uses a Bifrost to go up to um, Asgard, and then he goes to Asgard. He finds out Loki's there. He's not dead. Spoiler. And, in fact, that he transformed into Odin. He took Odin to Earth and put him in a care home. They went to go find him. (laughs) Continue. (laughs) They took him to a care home. Then the care home was, you know, gone. I'm not very good at this. It was destroyed. That's okay. It was destroyed. It was destroyed. who do they meet? They meet... Doctor Stephen Strange. Yes, Man and they have mystics. And they find out that Odin is still alive, but then he's not. He wants to die. And his death unleashes Thor's unknown, unbeknownst sister Hela into the world. The goddess of death. She's not a very like friendly person, really. She's kind of no. dry and sarcastic, kind of like Zach. Yeah, she has my personality. <laughs> She's definitely. Dry and sarcastic. If Zack was a goddess, he would be the goddess of death. <laughs> no, I'd be the goddess of mischief. That's true. True, true. Or true. the goddess of death and mischief. Ooh, the god. Never mind. <laughs> okay. 
Anywho, so then Thor has to fight. He he fight, meets all these different people. There's like seven different people that he meets in this movie, and they all eventually come together to help Thor out uh, through family. But they have to escape Jeff Goldblum first. Yep, yep. that's like their uh, secondary yeah. antagonist. And then the third antagonist is, would be Surtur, too. But then they use Surtur to defeat Hela in the end by saying that Asgard is a people, not a place. So they let Surtur destroy Asgard, including Hela, because they were fighting over something that... They were fighting over the physical Asgard, but Thor knew from his father's advice that Asgard is not a people. It is a... Asgard is not a place. <laughs> it is a people. That's kind of like a metaphor for the church. Yes, it is. A church true, is not true. a place. It is the people. Inside. Obviously, what Taika Waititi was intending with the message of this movie. I think it was. I think that he's telling us Christians something specific about our lives. Also, saying that Thor did not need his hammer. Yes. His power. That was also within. yes. That was Mjolnir also important. has been destroyed in this movie. Very quickly into this movie, actually, they cut right to yeah. the chase. Yes, and then Thor uses his own lightning powers that he generates from his veins. I don't know why he didn't think of, like, oh, I'm the god of thunder. Well, he's the god of thunder, though. But, why can he shoot lightning? And one other thing. I don't get how when Valkyrie was, like, controlling Thor with that electric thing on his neck, that makes no sense to me whatsoever because he's the god of thunder and, like, he controls electricity, yet electricity, like, makes him stunted. Yeah, that that uh, that is confusing. Uh, yeah. Mm. It's a plot device. It definitely is. But it just, they could have done anything, like water. They could have been put a fish tank over his head and drown him like he's mysterio yeah basically (laughs) yeah that's true but yeah okay that never mind let's continue but that part kind of made me a little you know um antagonized okay you know a part that got me confused was how loki said that he had been there for weeks but didn't know that the hulk was the champion when in fact everybody had propaganda and memorabilia of the hulk everywhere that is true it did seem like he didn't really know it looked like he was surprised and he said he had been there for weeks yet he bet on whoever this mysterious thing was Hmm. that confused me yeah so already some inconsistencies being revealed but what is the quote of the movie madeline another day another doug and that would be Korg, Korg. who is <laughs> obviously the best character in this movie. Voiced by Taika Waititi, and Korg never says a single line in the movie that is not funny, I don't think, that hey, I can remember. I'm made of rocks. Don't let that intimidate you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this movie, like out of all the Marvel movies, is the most comedic. Like, I feel like all the other ones are serious with a little bit of comedy, but I feel like this one's mainly comedy. Yeah, and I feel like in a few parts it hurts the movie in that way, but in the same time, I feel like it definitely is the funniest Marvel movie. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I would have said um, Guardians of the Galaxy before I watched this movie, but then I watched this movie and I think it's much funnier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But before we move on to our scores, we must first uh, get the opinion of a pessimist. Pestimist. A pestimist. <laughs> a pest. To, you us, know, to us, they're to, pests. To us, they're pests. And they spray mists of negativity on the internet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but uh, this guy's name is Alster Ryder. He writes for Cinemole. <laughs> well, so his name's Alster, so. Alster. <laughs> like All Star. Like their parents were trying to make him feel good because so, their, their insecurities were already there. Yeah. Wow, I, I feel like yeah. um, this is another case of a music, cri- uh, mu- music critic, movie critic, 
having, you know, a name that led them to being a movie critic simply because their name was so weird. They were, they just, this was the only career that had an opening for them. <laughs> so our outsider review is, uh, is by this guy. And he says, the first two Thor films were mediocre, forgettable affairs, but the most talented director to be given the keys to this incessantly underwhelming franchise within a franchise has managed to make the biggest disappointment of them all. Oh, wow. So he was saying the first two movies were bad, but this one was worse than both of them. And he thinks that Taika Waititi is more talented than the other two directors, but it's still worse, which makes it a bigger disappointment. Hold up. So what? I actually, like, I like being a pessimist. It's, it's part of my DNA. But I don't agree with that whatsoever in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. I, I would I would imagine I haven't watched any other Taika Waititi movies. I imagine this maybe maybe isn't one of his best movies because he's just such a good director, but it's it's still like really good. So I don't know. I guess somebody is always a pessimist out there. Well, and the thing is, nobody goes back and watches the other Thor movies. I don't know of anybody that does. <laughs> well, I hey actually, guys, let's all get together and watch Thor. I have a special place in my heart for the original Thor because it was the first Marvel movie I Kenneth watched. Kenneth Branagh. True. That's he a personal. It. And he uh, and he was in Tenet. Yep. Yeah. That's a personal tie. But like, other than that, would you watch it? Like, no. would you say, "Oh, I'm gonna sit here and watch Thor"? I don't think I've actually watched it again. But I decided I had a personal. If they part. made it to like a 22 minute episode, I would watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it, the second one was interesting, but it had a lot of plot holes and it wasn't like funny or anything. And they used Christopher Eccleston so wrong. Like, he was in Doctor Who and everything. He's a good actor. But they didn't even, like, give him any good, any emotional lines at all. Yeah, that's true. But Thor was one of the earliest Marvel movies, and they've worked out some of the uh, kinks, the, the kinks, the kinks. in their plot structures that they use for every single movie. They've had to try every little then. nook and cranny. Yeah. And so Thor got the short end of the stick on some of those. But they got it right this time, or did yes, they? We're hey. about to find out while oh doing the score reading. That's because we are the ultimate decider. Anybody that listens to this, you must agree with us. Otherwise, you're wrong. Yeah, you should start your own podcast and disagree with us. Yeah, we're the <laughs> we're we're the ones in the mic, huh? 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 Yeah. You think you're so big? Yeah, we're bigger. Please start a podcast feud. Yeah, yes. that's what we just want to fight people. <laughs> That's that's kind of why Ben and I got tired of fighting each other, so we kind of just started this so we could fight people like Madeline. Yeah. I mean, the past two weeks we fought... Well, I kind of joined Emma's team last week, but before that we were fighting Tasha. That's true. So now we're going to fight Madeline. Okay. I feel like Zach, you and I agree. Ben, I don't know. All right, here we go. <laughs> I guess we're about to find out. Sentiment. Oh, we're starting. Yes. Sentiment. I gave it an eight. I This movie means a lot to me. As a human. Okay. <laughs> okay, Madeline? I don't know. On a scale of 1 to 10? I don't know. I mean, it's not very sentimental. Like, it's just a, like, I don't know. It's one of those, like, mind-numbing, like, comedic movies that you watch. Just, like, you know, to watch something. To me, I would probably say, like, I don't know, a 7. Uh, I gave it an 8. Oh, wow. good job. Yes. So now, oh, the state the tables have been turned now madeline Madeline's has a lower no, score no i love th- i love this movie it's just like not sentimental to yeah me. this movie is uh, in my top 100 movies uh, top 100 what is it okay, 99 ben, 
And I haven't watched that many movies, to be fair. Ben tracks everything, including his movies that he watches, and he ranks every single movie that he watches. I recently updated my rankings. Yes, and he he also... What is your online thing that you have? A letterboxed... Yeah, you guys should go support... Dot com slash titanium vulture slash films. Yeah, titanium vulture. (laughs) Shameless plug. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Anyway, message. Um... I gave it a seven. Okay, I gave it a five. Yeah, I think you're probably more right on this one. Uh, there was okay. There was pro- there was a few good messages, like, but like, Loki has been killing people. Scourge did kill people. Is that his name, Scourge? Scourge. Yeah. And like, other characters like had small character arcs, but like, for Valkyrie and uh, Bruce Banner, they were kind of like easy character arcs. Like, of course you should go help all those people or they're going to die. And then for Thor, it's like becoming his rightful king and stuff. I think the best character arc in this movie might have been Loki for me. He always has his best character arc. Yeah. But it always go- reverts back to the same thing in all the movies. And I feel like this is the actual changing point for his character, which is nice. Yeah, Loki has one of the more confusing character arcs in the entire Marvel. You have to watch so many movies to like understand who he is. He has a record of dying, and he also has a record of betraying. And like those are two expected things. And he, he comes back in this movie, and he betrays in this movie. But then at the end, he, he's with his brother at the end of the movie. And that's never happened in a Thor movie. They're always separated by something. Yeah, I agree. So, um, yeah, I think Loki kind of shined out in this movie just because of his character arc. What about you, Madeline? I mean, I agree. I don't know. Yeah, Scourge, I didn't really get, like, I guess I got his message, but it wasn't as, like, it wasn't as meaningful because it was just barely anything. And, like, the whole Loki character arc, I'd probably give it, um, I, I would give it, like, a six, I guess. Yeah. That's good. That's sick. Um, okay. And, yeah, I give it a seven. I like some of the messages, but I didn't really think too hard about the score. So, yeah. I don't have much more to add. I kind of agree with what Zach said and what Madeline said. Yep. Yep. All right, what about plot? Plot. Just overall, what was there was a lot going on in this movie, honestly. There was. They had to, like, I mean, there was the whole Sakaar storyline. Then there's the whole Asgard storyline, and then Surtur and his sister and his brother. Like, he has to work out stuff with his sister, his brother, his father. Yeah. His mm-hmm. me- Meeting Valkyrie, convincing her that she's a Valkyrie at heart. And then, t- like, his old friend, Bruce Banner, comes back. Like, he's... All these people that he hasn't seen in a long time all of a sudden reemerge within, like, a couple days. Within... It might have been, like, one or two days. It's always hard to tell the, the time in these movies. Yeah. Like, how long... Nobody ever sleeps in any For of these Loki, movies. For Loki, it was yeah. a longer time. Apparently, time works different. Apparently, the well, he dropped off like earlier. Yeah, at, when he was battling Hela than Thor but did, I thought, and that much time. I didn't know that the Bifrost between... had to do with time. I always thought that it had to do with you know like just not, transporting. Yeah, just like space. That's what. Well, I there's too. so much distance. Going the speed think, of light could make you. Yeah, I guess. Well, that makes think sense. about it. There's so much distance between if you drop off earlier and you're still, but the other person's still in the Bifrost. More time would have elapsed when they're in the Bifrost than if you're just somewhere. Like, if you think about it. Yeah, because you're going the speed of light. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. So it does kind of make sense, but I just didn't expect it. Because I didn't yeah. expect the Bifrost. I thought the Bifrost was just kind of a magical thing that didn't follow the laws of physics. But apparently, like they said in the first Thor, that it's physics and it's magic, but it's what we perceive is science. Yes. That's mm-hmm. the thing about this iteration of Thor in pop culture is that... Uh, Marvel likes to explain everything, sometimes to a fault. 
So that's what they're doing. That might have been their biggest problem with Thor in general. But I yeah. give the plot a seven because I thought it was like a good plot and it was interesting. Same. What about you, Madeline? I agree. I think that they I think they weaved like all the different things that Thor had to overcome and had to deal with at the same time. I feel like they weaved it all like very like fluid. Like um when he was going through to meet the Grandmaster um the scene before that I felt like really tied into the next scene like so it didn't feel like it was a lot but it didn't feel like a whole lot because they were able to like really like put it in yeah, a certain it way sense. where it made sense mm-hmm. and it wasn't like too much so yeah I'd probably I I'll agree I'll give it a seven because you know yeah all right character arcs <clears throat> I gave this a six same because well Madeline go ahead I mean, I would have to agree. There's not much of a character arc in anybody. Other than Loki. Other than Loki. Like, Thor's just well, kind of, like, jokey, serious. Kind well, of. Yeah. yeah. It just wasn't super clear. It just no. it popped up. This like this iteration of Thor kind of just came up. Because this movie starts out, he's starting. He's saying jokes. And he's having an internal monologue. He's al- he broke up with Jane, but not that was never shown in any of the movies. Yeah. And so, obviously, that affected him somewhat. But, like, it's not obvious exactly how it affected him because it seems like he's kind of already dealt with it already. And we hadn't see him, seen him in two years since Age of Ultron. So we haven't seen this character in two years. And he's just all of a sudden kind of funny. And I like I like that he changed. I really like this character a lot better in this movie. But he's much different than he was in the first two movies. That's what I thought. Like, this was the first movie where he really was blossoming into, like, an actual, like, person. Because mm-hmm. before he was a serious, like, let's get this done, like all I want to do is, like, save the world type of thing. But then to see him, like, joke and, like, not be as serious as he usually is, but still, like, want that, like, to save the world type of thing was different. Yeah. That's... I couldn't have said it better. Yeah, I think that everyone involved in this movie realized that they had to change the tone of Thor if they were going to make a third movie. Because <laughs> They're like, it's 2017, nobody... we better make a funny movie, because that's, yeah. what, that's what's popular. Well, yeah, and uh, well, Deadpool had come out a year before this, right? Yep. And and Guardians of the Galaxy came out before this. Yeah, three so years before. this style of movie was what was kind of picking up steam, and Taika Waititi seemed to be the perfect person to bring in. Well, that year for Marvel life. was a funny one. They had Guardians 2... Spider-Man Homecoming and Thor Ragnarok within a year. So they had two good movies. Nice. Well, Guardians 2 is terrible. Oh, okay. Okay, I thought you were talking about Spider-Man. No, I love Spider-Man. Good. Spider-Man's great. John Watts is a good director, I think. Anywho, um, what's the next one? Cinematography. What'd you give it, Ben? Uh, I gave it a 7 because like every Marvel movie is a 7, basically. Wait, I gave it a 7. How many things have we matched up on? Uh, a lot. <laughs> 8, 5, 7, 6, 7. Everything besides message. What did you give it a message? A seven. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Why did you give it a seven? Because uh, it's the score that I give things that aren't bad, but aren't... That are, like, better than mediocre, but worse than really good. Yeah. I, I, have, I have a slight problem with cinematography that's all, like, uh, computer-generated. Yeah, it's, like, hard to ever, like... It's even, like even course, movies that come out that and they have great s- computer and then 10 years later it's like oh that wasn't that good yeah like i feel like that's what's happening like to the Avatar. first toy story like i used to think that was good but then i watched toy story f- three or, or toy four. story two like each each toy story gets like so much like you watch toy story one, toy story like, four what is going is on so impressive yeah and then toy story two is like okay this is normal this is like really good 
And then Toy Story 3, you're like, wow, like this is good. Pick Like Pixar has stepped up their game. And Toy Story 4, you're like, this is the most clear Pixar definition I've ever seen. Yeah. That's the problem the with way. anything that's computer generated is it always gets better, so it never ages well. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think that like more natural shots would have been cool. And Marvel, that's kind of a problem with Marvel. They really over CGI a lot of their lot of their stuff. Like yeah. Black Panthers, the last 20, 30 minutes of Black Panther, like the final battle, everything. It was very yeah. CGI. I the liked, entire I liked the movie. Endgame. Entire Although I will war. say Endgame's CGI was a lot like more, I think it was better. It was more subdued. Like the Thor is like very colorful, colorful, especially when he's in Sakaar. Uh-huh. Like it's very colorful, colorful, very in your face. Like it's a lot going on, and for you to focus and look at, and like I guess in um, Endgame, it's a little bit more subdued. Of like it's focusing mainly on like the fight scenes yeah. and things like that. The beginning of Endgame, it's like a sad tone. Everything's like gray toned, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. even Captain Marvel, to a degree, doesn't look that colorful, and she has the most colorful outfit, you know? So, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you, Madeline. I think that definitely Endgame has kind of a darker tone, but, like, Thor in general is a colorful character, so, yeah. But I, I did like, I liked the cinematography in this movie. It had a lot of great, colorful, big shots, like the fireworks and uh, just the city. The city of Sakaar was really cool. I thought that was really creative. And... Jeff Goldblum, man, that was oh, he yeah. was oh, awesome. Oh, he's one of the he's one of the best in the movie. But we'll he's talk so about funny. that in acting. But yes, I agree. Madeline, would you give it uh, cinematography? I'm gonna give it an eight. Okay. I'll give it one more than you guys. Okay. Yeah. Why? Why one more? I don't know. I really like this movie, and I do like that it's colorful. But I get that it's overstimulating sometimes, and like a lot of the time. Um, but I think it's like a good change from other the other movies and things like that. True. So, and I, yeah, I don't really have an eye for cinematography, but yeah. I would give it an eight. Zach and I definitely have an eye for cinematography. Yeah. Oh, We're yes. professionals. Pros. So we took, we took an online so five minute training ex- course. We don't <laughs> expect our guests to necessarily have that same eye that we do, but you know, yeah. <laughs> but this movie and then Black Panther right after it re- led into the end of the Infinity Saga. So yeah. it was kind of a closing arc for Thor, but I don't think that any of the actors in this movie thought that they would get a fourth movie because there is a confirmed fourth Thor movie coming out. But I don't think anyone at the time knew it. So I think that they were kind of trying to close a chapter by having fun and like going to new places and kind of creating something new from something that wasn't that amazing. And the problem with doing that is that everyone liked it. So now they have to want to make a fourth one, even though this was a great ending for Thor. So time will tell whether making a fourth one is a mistake or not. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like if they if they open they opened a big book in Endgame with Fat Thor. Okay, I'm sorry. Big Thor. And uh, <laughs> and uh, just like the whole him being depressed and everything, that like opened a huge story arc. Spoiler so, if you haven't seen it. Yeah, so yeah, we've literally been spoiling Endgame the whole time. <laughs> My bad. But yeah, I think that it kinda like yeah, it like opened a can that it needs to close. So I think a fourth Thor is needed. But I don't think that they should have opened it in the first place. I think they should have kind of just let it go down with uh, with uh, Endgame, kind of just letting it be complete. But it's okay, and I'm going to watch Thor 4, and if it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. But we need to move on. Originality. Oh, I was going to give this one a 6, but then I realized that um, I was thinking of it more like, oh, this is another Thor movie. But then I realized, no, it's a new and reinvigorated Thor like True. we've been talking about the whole time. So I bumped it up to a seven. Oh. Uh, well, I was going to give it a six, but then I was like, this is very, 
Marvel has a structure of for movies. They definitely have like a villain, a hero. The hero learns something. They win. You know, most of the origin yeah. stories have the same. Yeah, especially have the same plot yeah. structure. And it's mm-hmm. like in a lot of the origin stories, it's like they're battling an evil version of themselves. You know, right? Like right. Iron Monger. Um, they're in Black Panther. It's Killmonger. <laughs> Iron Monger. <laughs> wait, isn't yeah? That's the, oh, that's, that's the thing? villain in yeah. Iron Man. Yeah, oh. that's uh, that's uh, Jeff Bridges' character. Okay, I didn't realize that. Yeah, well, yeah, it's okay. funny because it's Iron Monger and then Killmonger, so oh, it's like directly, yeah, yeah. you know, oh, wow. but like, and then um, I don't, I don't know if they say it's called the Iron Monger armor, but they just call him uh, what's his name, Obadiah Stane. Yeah, Obadiah Stane. But then they have like, uh, sorry, I'm talking so much. I'll let you guys talk in a second. But they have like in uh, Thor, it's the bad guys just that destroyer. So there's not even like a big bad guy in the first one. And then Captain America in the first one, he's fighting, like, another soldier, like, uh, um, the Red Skull. So it's kind of just, like, the evil versions of themselves. But, yeah, I, so I give it a five. <laughs> All that and you give it a five? Yeah. Wait, but you didn't, I'm, you didn't I make was a just point saying, with what you're saying. No, my point was that Marvel has a structure But does that this they really follow to. the structure? That... It does. It definitely does. They all fall within the structure, I think. The yeah, only, but the only ones that don't fall in the structure are the, plot, the Avengers movies. The plot arc does, but it also doesn't because there's so many weird things that happen in this. Yeah, movie. it's definitely yeah. weird, and it derives the most, and it's the most funny. But it has the same structure and arc. But they like, do you, that for a reason. They make the most money, and it's what people like. So I why know, would you change that? I love it. I love it. I'm not saying to change it, but when it comes to originality, it's the same. Well, true, yeah. But if you're comparing it to other Marvel movies, I'd give it like an 8. Mm-hmm. But I'm comparing it to all movies, because that's what we do at the Movie Vault. Okay, Zach's looking down upon me because I raised my score. <laughs> <laughs> I love Thor Ragnarok, though. I'm not judging you yeah. for your higher, higher, higher score. Uh, Maddie, what do you would what would you give this? What are we on again? Originality. Originality. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would. I'll agree with Ben. I'll give it a seven. I think the Sakar like arc, whatever storyline that they gave it, I thought that was with Jeff Goldblum and that whole like, I don't know, area of people and like stuff like that. I think that was pretty like different. I guess. So I would give that part high marks for originality but i get it like it's the same type of thing and they always win in the end all that other stuff so yeah i'd probably give it a yeah i can see it both ways definitely but now we get to move on to a good category acting acting uh jeff goldblum good yes he did amazing i think he stuck out the most in this movie you know this is like his character from jurassic park who is like super high and apartments.com on a planet and apartments.com apartments.com. Oh yeah. And he has his own TV show on Disney plus now. Yeah, he does. He Uh, does. What is it? Seeing the world with Jeff Goldblum or something something. like that. Something of the sort. But, uh, yeah, I give acting an eight on this one. Uh, let's see. This is good actors. I give it a seven. What would you give it? I'd give it an eight. I'd agree with Ben. These are like top tier actors. You got Anthony Hopkins. Academy Award winning actor, Anthony Hopkins, who is pretty underutilized in this movie, but whatever. You have Tom Hiddleston, who is probably one of the best actors in Marvel. Um, then you got Chris Hemsworth, who's pretty good. He's like, he's like decent. Yeah. yeah. He has good charisma. Yeah, he does. He's very charismatic. Um, Jeff Goldblum, obviously, is probably the highlight of the film. Mm-hmm. And then Taika Waititi voicing Korg is exceptional. I can't really think of anybody who's bad in this movie, really. I, 
I love Bruce Banner, but I didn't. I thought that his reactions were a little bit. That's uh, true. Like when he but woke up. But you know up, that he just kind of is like that as an actor, though. Like I know that's a, that's like his person, like, like yeah. his actual person. So I'm laughing at it, and I think it fits well. Kind of like Jeff Goldblum, like it's just his personality in a character. Yeah, yeah. Mark Ruffalo is just can be a little bit on the overacting side of things yeah. in general. Yeah, I don't. I didn't really like Scourge that much, if I'm being honest. Carl Urban. <laughs> I didn't really like him that much. I didn't feel like I really felt like, because he was supposed to have a character arc of like his, because he wanted to find his, what was it, purpose. He wanted to prove, he wanted to prove himself. Uh-huh. And I felt like I didn't really feel that he proved himself. I feel like he just like thought he was doing the right thing and he wasn't. And then at the end he was like, oh, I'm just going to do this to make me look good. But I don't think like he proved himself. Here's and what I-, I thought about Scourge. His, his character arc didn't make sense like Maddie was saying. <laughs> But yes. I think it's because he was never portrayed as somebody who actually had any moral anything. Like, he he just did what was most advantageous to himself the entire movie. And then at yeah. the end, he decides to sacrifice himself for some reason. But is it because he realizes that he really has no other options? <laughs> because, yeah, because they were all about to die. Yeah. They so knew he was executioner. So like, like, what are they going to do with him when they land? Like, so that's the only like option that's left for him. Then he takes it. So I, I agree with Maddie. He, he, I just felt like that was the only actor or like person in the movie that I was just like, eh, I don't know. Because even like the small characters like Meek and Korg and Topaz. Oh, Topaz. I forgot about her. <laughs> she was amazing. Um, the Grandmaster's <laughs> right hand, like, and Valkyrie and things like that. Like, I felt like they were really good and they, you got what they were, yeah. but like, Scourge, I don't know. I didn't, I wasn't a big fan. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. No, I agree with that. Hold on. Let's just take a second to talk about Topaz. Topaz. Trash. Trash. <laughs> she was good. She's like, the slaves, the slaves are fine looking or something. He goes, Jeff Goldblum goes, oh, I don't like that word. She goes. Okay, the prisoners, prisoners with, with jobs. jobs. <laughs> the prisoners with jobs. That's a little better. <laughs> but she dies. Topaz dies. Yeah, she does. Does Topaz die? She does. She's oh, chasing man. them when they're in the well, the, yeah. the um the ship that Valkyrie's uh, flying that has the fireworks, and she crashes. Yeah, because the fireworks go. Well, I no, hope that's she survives. Mar- that's Banner. Banner has the. You're right. Because he's looking for a gun at that yeah, point. Yeah, eventually. Yeah. And then he, it's the it's my birthday. And then the fireworks yep. go. Yes, yes. Yeah, the orgy ship. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's, that's what they called it. That's what they called it. It's not our. It's there were not ours. You, you can thank Anna for reminding me that that's what it was called. Yes. Shout out Anna. Anna. Was... Did we rate? Do did we rate acting? Yeah, we. Think... Well, I rated it an eight. I'd probably agree at eight. I don't what know. What did I? I, I said seven. Yeah. Okay. Style. Style seven. Eight. Nine. Eight. Uh, <laughs> sorry seven eight nine okay <laughs> madeline why did you give it an eight i don't know like the style of the movie <laughs> or yeah like the style like how how no i like there. i liked it because for me when i watch stuff or like i have stuff that i like to watch it's usually like i don't know it doesn't drag on there's action there's a good soundtrack there's um comedy in it because if it's something too serious then i get really bored and i don't really like pay attention to the story but with this i felt like the style was good to where like you got pieces of information to piece things together but at the same time it was like comedic relief and action and all that into one that was very good 
Thank I you. think that this movie, you can watch it and learn something new every time. I completely forgot about Topaz. About in this, and then in this movie, she really stuck out because she was hilarious. And rewatching this movie, I realized that the style is consistent throughout the movie. It's comedic. There's wacky characters in every single scene. But I let me say, so he... Thor runs into different characters and gets introduced to so many characters. Like, first, there's, like, a lot of revelations of characters. Like, he starts off... Like, Thor is... A, he's, I feel like he's not the one doing stuff in this movie. I feel like he's reacting to everyone else. Because first, he finds out that his brother's still alive, right? And then he goes and meets Scourge in the place. And Scourge is a funny character. And he's, like, put off. Like, who's this guy? Why is Heimdall not here? He realizes that Loki is his, is his dad. Like, not really, but, like, his <laughs> acting is his dad. And, by the way, Matt Damon's in that scene. Oh, Matt yeah, Damon yeah, yeah. plays, uh, he plays Loki in the reenactment. And then he meets, eventually he meets the Grandmaster, and he's like, okay, who's this guy? He meets Korg, he's like, who's this guy? He finds out Hulk is there, he's like, oh, wow, Hulk's here. He meets Valkyrie, okay, this girl's a Valkyrie, like, she was on Asgard. And then he meets Banner again, he's like, oh, Banner, my old friend. And, like, so he's just meeting all these people that are, like, funny, and he's just kind of reacting to them. I thought that was a good change of tone in Marvel because although we're used to the same characters and Marvel has a lot of characters, and I mean a lot, um, it is nice to get introduced to new ones that weren't in the first Thor movies because they actually killed off a lot of the main Thor movie uh, characters. Um, like the Warriors 3, the three, oh, yeah. his three friends all die like within the first half hour. Or maybe That's true. Four, like, all three of them die. One of them was Zachary Levi, by the way. They changed the actor from the original Thor movies to Zachary Levi, which is Shazam and Chuck. So, Yeah, a lot of changes. The only reason I give it a little bit lower is because even though the style is really good in this movie, it doesn't necessarily separate itself completely from that like traditional Marvel style. of And it looks somewhat similar to Guardians of the Galaxy. Definitely. Well, they want the universes to be consistent, so it kind of makes sense that there's some set similarity in look. Um, and also, like, I would consider, like, Doctor Strange to be a little better stylistically if I was, like, thinking about Marvel movies. So I feel like it's high on the higher end, but still not, like, the highest of Marvel movies in terms of style. Yeah, talking about Doctor Strange, like, that movie is put through a template. Like, you can tell. It's like Marvel put, well, that, put Doctor the Strange is... in the origin movie. But you're about the style you're saying. Yeah, just the style of, like, maybe it's even more cinematography. Yeah, no, I agree. I think Doctor Strange is a great style. Like, the music, like, the little piano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, his, I don't know, just, like, his movements and the action. Like, his, I don't know. I think Doctor Strange is a great style. But that's not what we're talking about. No, we're talking about score now. Madeline? What you're looking you, at what my you, score. What's your score for no, score? No, I'm just... Score, score. score. it's yeah. like... It's like, like uh, the music. Yeah. Oh, the music. I really like the music in this movie, especially like the end scene where like Thor goes down to like fight Hela and like he found out that he doesn't need his hammer. I really liked that. Um, so I would give it. I'll give it a. I'll give it an eight. I re I thought the music fit really well with the scenes that they had, um, and like how Sakar had like the like electronic like weird music. I felt like it fit really well. Yeah, I also gave it an 8. I thought that the electronic sounds, it kind of reminded me of Stranger Things a little bit. And it's much different than, the, like, the big... Uh, what is the word? Like, it starts with, like, Valorian, Thor. Like, the big grandiose music. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Orchestra yeah, for Thor. Um, 
so yeah, I, I appreciated the change of music, and it was very good. I also gave it that eight. I gave it a six. Um, extra points for having Led Zeppelin. Other than that, didn't really stand out to me too much. <laughs> oh. Okay. Choreography. Uh, seven. Seven. Might as well do seven. Okay. It's good. Yeah. No, it's good, yeah. Thor slides down the sides of buildings. He, uh, There's a good fight between the Incredible Hulk and Thor in the arena. That was amazing, actually, yes. Uh, even just, like, Korg at the end and, like, all those monsters fighting on the bridge with the big wolf and Hela shooting those things out of her arms. That was pretty <laughs> sweet, I thought. Um, Surtur. So, I mean, it, that's kind of just fight scenes. And choreography is kind of more like what specifically happened. And I thought it was just really good. Just, I don't know. It was they good, used... but it wasn't, like, extraordinary. So, yeah. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Yes. So, that brings us to our final score. Maddie's was pretty good, yeah. I imagine. I didn't yeah, keep track of your I, score. Sorry, I didn't either. But... but I'm, it's one of my favorites, so it's good either way. Ben, what is your final score? My final score is 70 out of 100, 70%. Mine was a 68. Wow. Why do we agree so much on this show? (laughs) Literally the last three episodes we've been like two or three points apart from each other in score. Ben and I are actually very similar in some ways. So I think that's probably why. We don't actually completely disagree on every movie. Yeah. Like we did. In fact, normally in life we agree on most things. Yeah, I would would say so. But we don't want to portray that on this podcast. So forget that. So forget that we said that. We did not say that. Uh, So our average average would be a 69. 69. Nice. 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 Just soak in that moment. (laughs) (laughs) We planned. No, we didn't. (laughs) Okay. I feel like that's a pretty good score, considering. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good score. It's better than Trolls. The Devil's Anus is in this movie. Yeah, that's just a good point. So. uh, Does that take off points or add points? It's just a statement. (laughs) Okay. Okay. You can decide whatever you want based on what Zach just said. You heard that, listeners. There's also a revolution. But not enough pamphlets. Not enough pamphlets. <laughs> revolution. Next time me and Zach start a revolution, we'll make sure to print enough pamphlets. Korg was pretty pretty wise in this movie. Yeah. But we have to talk about bad things now. Uh, okay, let's do it. Because... Brita moments with okay. Brita. Okay, before we talk about bad moments, I have one thing I want to mention that I liked in this movie. I liked... Sorry, I derailed this. Derail it. I derail it. This train ain't going to... No. Maddie's section. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, I just wanted to say one thing I liked is that when, like, Hela was going down into Odin's treasures. She does a little flip. Sorry, I wanted to mention this, but right? you guys were talking. No, no, keep going. Okay. Um, how when she was looking at every treasure he had and that there was the... Um, inf- uh, Infinity Gauntlet? Yeah, Infinity Gauntlet, and it had all the stones on it, but she said it was fake and slapped it away, and then, like... I feel like that was like kind of like a, I don't know, like a putting... Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Yeah, exactly. And then she looks at the Tesseract and is like, oh, that's pretty impressive. I really liked that. I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, no, that was great because they did have that in the background of the first Thor movie. And people are wondering like, wait, isn't Thanos supposed to be collecting those? Like, why is there all the stones and the Infinity Gauntlet in Odin's lair? So they kind of had to discredit that because... Otherwise, that wouldn't make any sense whatsoever, and the entire Infinity, Infinity Saga would be just stupid. Yeah, I never noticed either of those, so it's interesting that you point that out. That would be a kind of big inconsistency. Yeah, and then she goes yeah. past, she's like going past all the things, like, 
And then the Tesseract is there, which is the Space Stone. And she goes, ooh, that's good. But then she goes to the Eternal Flame and resurrects her skeleton buddies. And her dog. Oh, yeah, her, her dog. giant dog. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Madeline's section is over. We can go to bad things. Okay, Ben's section. Okay, we're done with my section. <laughs> Zach's section. All right, bad things. Britta moments with Britta. Perry. Da-da. All right, so Britta, we all know who she is. She's the worst. Getting and if you Britta, haven't Britta. heard of her, Google her. And you will just see an image that says the worst person ever created on television. Because we are done explaining it. Yes. So uh, what, what were some plot holes, things that we didn't like in this movie? Uh, we mentioned a few in the beginning. So obviously there was the thing that you pointed out, which was? Oh, the thing with Loki? Yeah. Where he didn't know that the, the grand champion or whatever was um, the Hulk, even though he had been there weeks prior. Yes. And Ben's computer is going off. Um, where was I? Anyway, that. Oh my gosh, Ben, you you made me lose my train of thought. That he didn't he didn't know that Hulk was the grand champion, even though it's pretty prominent throughout the society. Well, and yeah, and then when Hulk was like missing, and uh, the grandmaster was like, "Look to the sky, Sicardians or whatever." And then they had all this propaganda and all these fireworks, yet Loki did not know in the weeks he was there that Hulk was the grand champion or master or whatever. That makes no sense. Also, I don't know if this is a plot hole or something, but at the like the first one of the first lines that Scourge says when he meets Thor is talking about um, someone committing treason. And I was like, wait, you literally do that in the next scene. Yeah, you're right. So, and that was. Uh, that was him. I, Idris Elba's character. Oh, he's talking about Heimdall. Yeah, yeah. Heimdall. Yep. So who but, did not? She. He actually saved the entire uh, kingdom single-handedly, almost. But for nothing, because in Infinity War, that he dies, in, along with half the people. Spoilers. 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 We should have a section called Spoilers <laughs> with Zach. You should have a button. Just spoil every movie. Oh, that'd be terrible. <laughs> the Notebook. <laughs> they have de- dementia. They're. De- <laughs> okay the sixth sense no go watch that movie yourself yes you, because, we I'm, know you wanted to hear that spoiler but i'm not gonna tell you yeah you can google it yourself i mean watch it yourself all right funny jokes aside and not funny jokes aside any all other right. bad moments okay stock market okay i guess we only have one bad moment then huh oh no. were there any other bad moments i don't know i can't think of any i can't think particularly of any that was the like, only plot, plot hole. i feel like there were more plot holes though okay like what I don't know, like the fact that Odin's de- Odin never told them at all throughout his life about that's the true. That didn't that didn't make. But a lot I think of sense. he had good reason though, because yeah. Well, what was his good reason though? Because... They are they are millions of years old. What kind of good reason would you not tell about having a also, sister? Also, how did how does she have so much power? How does the power structure work? So Odin has a lot of pa- the most he, power, right? Yeah, he suppresses so, her power because he can suppress her power. But then Thor has a lot of power too, but he can't suppress hers. And they never explained. How his him dying would but then, release her? Okay, how how did Thor beat the giant fire guy? If giant, what was his name? I thought Surtur. Yeah, Thor, Surtur. Thor defeated if at Surtur. the end he defeats he, Hilla. Like, well, no, because he got the eternal flame. Oh, he got the eternal yeah. No, flame. that's, that's what, that's the thing. That's that, what made him reborn. But didn't he like hit him on the head, and then all of a sudden he's like, Ugh, and he gets back, he goes into his like little skull thing. Yeah, yeah. Like he kind of just went inside. But I. F- 
for Odin, I get why that he didn't say anything, which he should have said something like, Bad "Hey, father. when I die, there's like gonna be your sister coming after you. She kills everybody. She's a goddess of death. Like, maybe you should know about that." But I get why he didn't because then I feel like Thor would be like really mad because his dad would be still alive. So he's not like mourning his dad and like yeah. go after Hela and like that would put us in a whole other wormhole. But you'd think after like millions and millions of years, you, and would, the you would read one good fathering book, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he he must not have must not have got it from the library on. Yeah, they must Asgard. not have extensive. I mean, they say Asgard is like this huge place but really it's just like one small town it's so technologically de-advanced from earth except for a few <laughs> things a few things like the like the, the bifrost the bifrost but other than that like yeah they're still doing live plays doing and eating grapes live from... plays they're dressed like they're in um, greece greece or something you know? they Rome. don't they don't have phones even they though they're supposed to be norse goddesses i think or yeah. electronic letters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thor doesn't. Thor doesn't know what it can like a, how to use a computer with emails and stuff. So that's kind of a plot hole. I mean, they have millions of years to do that, and I guess when you have Bifrost, you just get, become apathetic and lazy. That's like us with true. our smartphones. So maybe that's it's true. Better. That's true. Advances in technology always think, lead to more people being dumb. Do you think that Taika Waititi was using that as an allegory for our own society? Yes. Wow. But he didn't want to say it too obviously because people who are in charge don't want people to know that oh it's so like the disney because people are easier to control when they're not smart maybe that <laughs> was something that he wanted to subliminally sub, subliminally put out because the disney execs would never want that because they always want people to have tablets so they can purchase disney so they plus. can watch disney true. plus yeah true. that's true taika waititi independent film director for the most part other than this movie so you know he's sleeping in his little messages in there. And he's also going to be directing Thor 4, Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder. Which Korg is... Sounds like it will have a good soundtrack. That, that'll be good. That'll be good. Hopefully. All right, are we sufficiently done with Britta moments now? Yes, we have sufficiently completed all Britta Perry moments of nice. this section. Zach section ended. All right, cool. stock market. Who are we buying and selling and I holding? I am purchasing... $555.63 in Jeff Goldblum. Okay, interesting. Let's see how that one would have paid off. Well, I mean, it's really recent. That was like three years ago. Yeah, but in the last three years, what has Jeff Goldblum done? He got, got his, his own, own show. show. So yeah. I, I think that's In Apartments.com. Yeah. Apartments.com. He was in uh, Jurassic World, so reprising a role. He was in Isle of Dogs. That was a good movie. He was also... He was in... Wait... Who did he play in that? Uh, Duke. He's Duke? I didn't... I Wait, didn't... he so is. Whoa. Oh, wow. He was in The Mountain and Hotel Artemis. Oh, wow. I'm not too familiar with those movies. I think I heard of Hotel Artemis. And then he's going to be in The Boss Baby Family Business. What? Wow. Boss Baby? That's, That's on our recommendations list. And <laughs> and he's going to be in Jurassic World Dominion. So That's what it's called? Wow. Yep. I, apparently. So I that's like when they come to America, show. right? So... Don't the the it must be that they come to America because I know that they're crossing the border. Wait, why did I say border? The sea. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he got a primetime Emmy award for his uh, hosting of his show, The World According to Jeff Goldblum, which everyone gets a primetime Emmy if you've been in the Hollywood at some point. So, and you're on TV. And The Simpsons have like one for every season. So what, like thirty two? Yeah. So really, getting a primetime Emmy is not like that. Yeah, impressed. it's like a actually a primetime Emmy is probably better than a daytime Eddie, 
Emmy, though. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because that's like Days of Our Lives getting yeah. daytime Emmys. <laughs> but yeah, we won another one. Yeah. Yay, season 53. Let's keep going. I probably buy stock in Tessa Thompson, sell stock in Anthony Hopkins, and buy stock in... I would be, like, unsure about Chris Hemsworth because I wouldn't know what the direction of his career was going to be, but it actually went up from here still, sort of. Yeah, but I, you're right. We wouldn't have expected a clear path for him. He's still, he's still kind of, like, hasn't really found himself outside of Thor, though, which is Chris Evans has also had this problem in his career of just being so defined by their roles. Robert Downey Jr. is at the point where he doesn't really want to be defined in anything besides Iron Man even though he was in other movies in the past that were pretty good. And Sherlock was good. And like Sherlock was Zodiac good. Zodiac Killer. Zodiac. Um, he was in movies in the 80s and 90s. But that was a bad time in his life, before so I don't he, think he Before he was on that. drugs. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Tom Hiddleston, another guy who, he's more known for stage stuff, I think. So I wouldn't necessarily buy I would stocking. buy stuff. I would buy 400 bucks in Tom Hiddleston. Idris Elba is definitely going places. Um, Charles from The Office. There's rumors yes. that Idris Elba might be the next James Bond, which would be pretty cool. That would be cool. Wait, he was... He, I know he was recently the the bad guy... In Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, okay, that's yeah. what it was. And then Kate Blanchett, I almost didn't realize that was who that was. Um, she went from being Galadriel in Lord of the Rings, who was like the ultimate good character, to being the ultimate bad character in this movie. Wow. So, interesting career. Goody gone baddie. And then, obviously, Taika Waititi is somebody that you would have to buy stock in. And Marvel. You know that Taika Waititi is so committed to Korg that he actually does, like, the movements for him. Like, oh, really? He, he's he wears, really? He wears he's the like, big suit. He's like Andy Serkis. Wow. Yep. He, he's like Andy Serkis, and he's like uh, James Gunn's brother, Sean Gunn, that does Rocket Raccoon. Oh. But um, Rocket Raccoon is not voiced by it's Sean It's voiced by Bradley Sean Gunn Cooper. is actually in the movie. He plays Kraglin. Oh, really? The guy that takes Yondu's um, thing at the end, like his hat thing. Like his little red thing and oh, controls yeah. the whistle at the end of Guardians 2. Oh, that yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's uh, actually James Gunn's brother. Nice. So anyway. Yeah, but it's Bradley Cooper that voices Rocket. Yeah. So. yeah. so lots of not too many people that sell. And I only say I would sell Anthony Hopkins because this guy has had an amazing career. Obviously, he's probably most well known for um, The Silence of the Lambs where he played uh, that one guy. <laughs> famously known famously as that one guy as that one guy and this is gonna drive me crazy now the main bad guy sort of the main bad guy the not buffalo bill that was a different guy but um oh shoot what's this guy's name uh lol oh dr hannibal lecter oh hannibal yes hannibal um and that was when he, i think other than his career's been pretty good since then, but uh, and I think he, yeah, he's he's, he, but he's at the tail end of his career. He's getting pretty old, so, you know, it's good that he's getting these paychecks to help fund his retirement. But he's kind of like this is like his sunset. So uh, he has yeah. won with Norway now. He's won with Norway. Yep. So now our final round. Ding ding ding. Dong. Uh, what what do we? What is our like final thoughts and conclusions? Madeline, you go first because I don't have any actually. Um, great movie. It does have inconsistencies that I did not see before. After like, I feel like once you have to like watch a movie because you're going to talk about it, you realize more things about it than you did the other times you've watched it. Which Are we ruining movies, Ben? That's our job. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
no, it's not ruining it. Like, you just realize things and put things together. Well, when your anyway. standard for movies is so high, you realize that pretty much every movie does not reach the, the high the standard. Like, there's no perfect movie. And we can't lower our standards or nobody would listen. Yeah. True. We'd be like, oh, this one's a 100, and this one's a 100. You all get 100. No, be like you have the to be Oprah critical. movie podcast. Yeah. Well, It'd be like the mom, mom cast. The mom cast. The mom like, cast. oh my gosh. I loved the Emoji Movie so much. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I recommend it to my kids 24-7. I let my kids play with the emojis on my phone. Okay, next thing. What, what's the next thing? Anyway, it's uh, a good so, movie. Yeah, it's, it's a, a good, good movie. movie. That sums it up pretty well. Our social medias are uh, the, the, at the Movie Vault Pod on Instagram, at Movie Vault Pod on Twitter, and then our email is themovievaultpod at gmail.com. Funny thing. Uh, funny thing. Last week when we mentioned Anna, she was actually in her bed listening when I said that. So it was kind of really funny because it was exactly the situation that we described it as. So shout out to her again. Shout out to Madeline. Thank you for joining us. It's Ooh. Madeline and Anna are actually roommates. And, and they were uh, roommates. Roommate reveal. Yeah, Vine. And uh, Madeline's our good friend. Uh, so yeah. Thank and you, Zach. Thank you. Yeah. You, you have my permission to be my friend. So, I'm glad I have your permission. Yep. Next week, we're reviewing the Thanksgiving movie, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Do we have a guest? We have a guest. Yes. Do we want to reveal? I don't, should, should, we, should we reveal? Let's reveal it. My father is going to... <gasps> is, the plan is right now that my father's going to be on the podcast. Don't, don't murder me in the streets uh, we if he's not the, on we here. We set the bar too high. If he doesn't come, we're going to disappoint everyone. <laughs> I know. But now, see, now he kind of has to come. Cause... Ben's father is a very well-known engineer in the engineering community. That's true. And he is a very smart guy, and he's very much like Ben, so you'll very much recognize that. They don't look exactly like they kind of look alike, but I can see their mannerisms. But we don't have a YouTube channel set up yet, <laughs> so you will miss out on the mannerisms. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, but Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is a Thanksgiving movie. Yes, this will come out after Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving movie. But, you know, we, we can't plan everything perfectly. Just remember to be this next week. Be thankful for every, everybody in your life, all your friends. Um, and if you don't Family. have friends, you can be thankful for us because we're sort of your friends on the podcast. We're your friend, Aww. you lonely person out there. And if you don't have friends, you can always email us. <laughs> yes, so. or... And if you email us, maybe we'll give you our number and we'll let you text us. Yeah. Maybe. 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 Who knows what will happen? You were one email away. Yeah, yes. email them to find out. One email away from being your friend today. All right. I think we should close the vault now because we can't get any more wholesome than that. No. Nope. Yeah. Look at us. Wow. Okay. We're a family-oriented podcast, even though we talked about... Um, a spaceship that has orgies in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know what that is, don't ask your parents. They're gonna, they're gonna make you stop I, listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, and don't look it up. But okay. I feel like saying that implies that there's. Just don't. Okay. Just don't act like it never happened. It didn't happen. You didn't hear or see anything. Okay. Now that we've gotten less wholesome, tell your parents, <laughs> tell your parents that thankful. we're talking about thankfulness. Be thankful. <laughs> okay, we really got to get back in the vault. Madeline, would you like to slam the vault on our faces? Bam! Well, we're not ready yet. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, sorry. we gotta open it back up. Okay. Walk in. Walk in. <laughs> <laughs> I had to bring my horse in. I'm sorry. Yeah. Bojack. Okay. You can close it now. Whoop. <laughs>